Welcome to the Living Godcast. Our prayer is that this message speaks to you, impacts you, and inspires you. Please enjoy today's message, and we invite you to contact us if you need prayer, appreciate this word, or would like more information on Church of the Living God. Be blessed today. We're going to be in Exodus chapter 13, and we're going to begin in verse 17. I'm going to read a a passage to you, give you the title, and pray, and we'll jump in. All right, are you ready? All right, I'm setting the clock for 25 minutes. Oh, it's going to be tight. We'll see what we can do. 25 minutes. Here we go. Exodus 13, verse 17. It says, Now when Pharaoh had let the people go, God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines even though it was near. For God said the people might change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. Therefore, God led the people around by the way of the wilderness to the Red Sea, and the sons of Israel went up in battle formation from the land of Egypt. And Moses took the bones of Joseph with him, for he had made the sons of Israel solemnly swear, saying, God will certainly take care of you, and you shall carry my bones from here with you. Then they set out from Sukkoth and camped in Atham on the edge of the wilderness. And the Lord was going before them in a pillar of cloud by day to lead them on the way, and in a pillar of fire by night to give them light, so that they might travel by day and by night. Verse 22. He did not take away the pillar of cloud by day, nor the pillar of fire by night from the presence of the people. I'd like to jump to Exodus chapter 14 real quick and read this to you as well. Uh, Exodus 14, verses 14 and 15. The Lord will fight for you while you keep silent. Then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the sons of Israel to go forward. The message for today, to begin this new year, to launch us into this new vision, this direction that God has called this house to, the message is it's time to go forward. Amen? It's time to go forward. Let's pray. Father, we thank you again for your presence in this place. We are honored that you have come into this house, that you've inhabited the praises of your people. And Lord, we ask you, to give us hearing ears and open hearts to receive this good seed of the word. Lord, let it get in us and let it produce fruit that remains. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. As I was preparing for this, uh, this month and for this message in particular, I went back and I looked through the list of messages from the last year, from 2022. And I'm sure you do like most people do. At the end of a year, you kind of look back and you take stock. Does anybody else do that? You look back and you take stock of the year. You, you check things out. You go over some things. And it was, it's interesting because there's such a dichotomy for 2022 in, in my experience. There's such a, a contrast, I should say. Because for me personally, it felt like a very difficult year. Amen? It felt like a very difficult year. And yet I look back through the list of messages on the podcast at what God brought from five or six different voices, from people, of course, Pastor Mike, myself, Brother Brandon, uh, Pastor Hall, um, but people like Bishop Tony, people like Brother Clowers. I look back at these messages, the word that God brought, people from literally all over the world, 
And I look and I see that God actually was really doing something. And he actually accomplished something in 2022. Although for me it felt difficult, God was still working. And that's the truth and reality of what it is to serve the Lord. There are times where what we see and feel and sense does not really tell us the whole truth. Amen? That this is actually a journey of faith. And I know we say that, but we limit that faith to just the faith in, in belief in Jesus. And that's hugely important. You've got to have that. But it's a journey of faith every day. It's a journey of faith that says, I believe in spite of what I feel. Amen? I believe in spite of what I'm sensing and seeing. And so I look back, and I just want to share some of these titles with you. The first message of the year last year was, When God Declares a New Day. When God Declares a New Day. And then we went through, He Has Done It. We went to Appointed, Authorized, and Empowered. We went to, It Doesn't Belong to the Devil, and Unchanging Promises, Cycle Breaker, Waymaker. As He is, so are we. Look only at Jesus. When Jesus sees his people, the secret side of righteous, the path to the promise, safest in the secret place, embracing the wilderness, Jesus will anyway, breaking out of boundaries set by the enemy, in him and with him, finish the fight, God the avenger, simplicity of Jesus, God has given us the keys, that was from uh, Bishop uh, uh, Foster, Foster, yes. And then God's sons and daughters revealed is how we ended the year. And so if you look back and you, you start with January and you see God spoke when God has declared a new day, when God declares a new day, and then you look at the progression of messages, God shifted our focus from the devil back to himself, back to his promises, back to his kingdom, to his authority, to his power. He took us from the Father to the Son to the secret place. Amen? He, he took us from the Father to the Son to the secret place, and then from the secret place to our place as sons and daughters in the world. That's how we finished. And so now we're ready for the next step. What is after our place as sons and daughters in the earth? It's the manifestation of us in the earth carrying the glory of God. That's what's next. That's what's next. But if we choose to, we can stay in this thing that God has done so far, and we can neglect what God wants to do in the future. Amen? Has anyone found that to be true? That there have been times in your life where you had the opportunity to move ahead, but you drug your feet. You had the opportunity to go deeper, but you chose not to. I've done it. I've done it. There's been times where I've said to the Lord God, I can't, I can't, I can't right now. I can't. I can't do this. I can't go deeper. But the opportunity is there. The opportunity is to go forward. And it is time to go forward. Amen? We've been waiting on a miracle. We've been waiting on a healing. We've had our season dictated by circumstance. But that is at an end. Amen? We can live there if we want. We can stay in Egypt. We can stay in the wilderness if we want. Or we can choose to do as the Lord said and to go forward. It's up to us. It's up to us. I believe that God has been preparing us and bringing us along a path. I believe it's evident that this path that he has put us on is to take us to a place that he has ordained. It's important for us to understand that when God builds a path, it is well constructed. Amen. When God makes a way, it's a good way. When God makes a way, it's a strategic way. Amen. It's not just that his ways are good and higher and better. That's true. But it's that his ways are good and higher and better for us. They're good and higher and better than we could do. 
Amen. We can pray and supplicate and petition and name and claim. We can do all that we know to do and still not be in God's way. It's possible because we're human. We don't always ask according to God's will, do we? We ask a lot of the time according to our will. But God's path is always ordained. It is always well-constructed, well-planned, and it always goes somewhere that benefits us. But it is also strategic. And I want you to remember that word as we progress through this message, strategic path. It's important that we understand that when we go forward, we are not haphazardly going forward. That we're not just launching out into the unknown, hoping that something good sticks, hoping we land our feet on something solid, but that in fact this is a strategic path that God has planned and ordained. Psalm 37 verse 23 in the New King James says, The steps of a good man are ordered. By the Lord. That word ordered means firm, stable, and established. The steps are firm, stable, and established by the Lord. By the Lord. The the, the good people do not order their own steps. The Lord does. Have you ever had that experience where you feel like you look back, you get through a season or a circumstance, and you look back and you're like, I don't know if I really had a choice in how that turned out. Amen. There's been times in my life, in my journey, where I get to the other side and I'm like, I thought I was making good decisions, but I think it was the only decision. I think it was the only way to go because God was steering me down a path that he had ordained, that he had set, that he had established. Amen. And it says, the rest of the verse says, and he delights in his way. He delights. God delights or inclines to or cares for the way that a good man is on. So that means that when God sets us on a path that is beneficial and strategic, that means God maintains the path and the steps. God maintains the path and the steps. Now this is important. This was written, Psalms 37 was written after the events of Exodus 13 and 14. But it was written with the clarity of Exodus 13 and 14. The circumstance in the story that we're about to read back in Exodus will Uh, bolster and inform what the writer says in Psalm 37. Uh, Psalm 37, verse 24 says, Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. So God builds a path. God establishes footsteps. God delights and cares for that path and those steps. And the Lord is there to catch us when we're on his path. If we fall, we don't have to fall. But if we fall, He is there to catch us. But what is the one thing that it all hinges upon? What is the one thing that that is absolutely essential to have God catch you, to have God care for your steps? The one thing that, that is essential is that we are on God's path. I can't be on my path and expect God to catch me. Amen? I can't walk my path and expect God to maintain and care for it. I've got to be on His path. We as a church, we can't go in our path and expect God to uphold us. We have to be on His path. It's the only way. Back to Exodus 13, real quick. Verse 17, when Pharaoh had let the people go, God did not lead them by the way, the road, the path of the land of the Philistines, even though it was near. So just so you're aware, there was a direct route from Egypt into Canaan. It was a road. It was a well-established road. It was traveled by many, many people, caravans carrying goods and spices and food and people, slaves, all these different things. 
It was a well-established path. But the problem was, although it was near, although it was also well-established, although it was visible, it was convenient, it was controlled by the enemy. It was controlled by the enemy. And God knew His people. God knew that if His people tasted too much battle, then they would willingly go back to where they had been. They would willingly go back to Egypt. God knew the, the journey and the path ahead was not going to be easy, even His own path. He knew that. But He knew more than that, that the path through the land of the Philistines would send them back immediately. That they would not be able to handle that kind of battle and warfare. And in God's mercy and in His grace and in His infinite knowledge, instead of taking them to the ways that were near and visible and obvious and convenient, He instead chose, them, chose to take them to a path that He had been building in secret, a path that He had been building out of the way, a path that not everybody would have normally gone, but it was a path that He had ordained and established. Instead of taking them to a place that the enemy controlled, where an end result would have been death or bondage, God led them down a road that they could not see, a road that they did not exist or know existed and had not even considered. In verse 18, it says, Therefore God led the people around by the way of the wilderness to the Red Sea, and the sons of Israel went up in battle formation from the land of Egypt. I think it's interesting that they left Egypt in battle formation but they were not ready for war. Isn't that fascinating? They left Egypt in battle formation, but they were not ready for war. God was preparing them. He was working on them. Listen, God uses the wilderness, okay? We don't like the wilderness, but God does. He uses the wilderness. He used the wilderness on Jesus. Did you know that? He used the wilderness on Jesus. If it works for Jesus, it must work for us. Amen? But he took the people of Israel into the wilderness because he had to start working on them. And even though they were not ready yet, he was setting them in formation. He was putting things in place. He was putting them in place on their way out for what was, what was to come. Amen? It also struck me that the Red Sea path was so ordained by God that God had spent years working on it. I saw a video recently online where it talked about the possible places where the children of Israel could have crossed at the Red Sea. The Red Sea, like most bodies of water, you know, you have a, a shelf a, a shelf of land, and then it drops off eventually. There's a point where it drops off and gets very deep. Most any major body of water is like that. And yet, in the Red Sea, there's only a handful of places, maybe even less than that, where there would be a natural crossing point under the water. If you remember the Prince of Egypt movie, I was a kid when that came out. And uh, the Prince of Egypt movie was, the animated movie was really cool. And it showed them as they were going through the Red Sea and it was rocky and jagged and they were climbing down and they were leaving their cart, leave it, leave it. You know, the wheel had popped off, all that stuff. But in this video, they made the case that there, there's an area, at least one area in the Red Sea that they've identified by sonar that is almost like a land bridge underwater. Do you know what it would take to form a land bridge underwater? Do you know how long it would take? to form a land bridge underwater? Do you know what all God was doing to make that path to establish? They're in Egypt slaving away for 430 years, and every time God would send a wind and a current and a storm into the Red Sea, He was using all of that churn and all of that activity, all the forces of nature that were at work that were completely oblivious and unaware to the children of Israel. 
right? They're way over here doing their thing in bondage. And yet over here, God's he's using storms and lightning and thunder and waves and wind, and he's doing it all so he can stir up some silt and some dirt so he can move some rocks around, so he can move some things around because he's got a bridge that he's going to need for people to walk across. He's got a wind that can separate water, yes, but that wind was blowing long before that water separated. That wind was blowing, and it was building a bridge under the water where no one could see it because God was more willing to build a bridge in a sea than to let his people go down a path of destruction, than to let them walk into a convenient, easy route that would destroy them. Amen. That means for us, while this is a story of the history of the people of Israel, and this is a type and a foreshadow for what Jesus did for us with sin. Amen. Because Jesus built a way out of sin that we did not know could be built. Amen. While all of that's true, it's also a blueprint. It's also the the way that God moves for His people. Because while we're over here suffering, while we're over here working, we're over here doing what we think we, we have to do to survive, God's over here building something that we can't see, we can't perceive. All we see is storm and wind, but underneath God's building something in spite of it all. And He's building a way for the people to walk across. They don't even know it. They've not considered it. And then He uses that way strategically. Remember, I said strategic. Strategically, He uses that way, and He brings His people to it, and He sets a trap for their adversary. Let's go to Exodus 14, verse 1. The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Tell the sons of Israel to turn back and camp in front of Pihathiroth. I can't speak Hebrew, by the way. I have an app that pronounces it for me, okay? And then I write it down like phonetics in parentheses. So just so you all know, I'm not that smart. Okay. Pihathiroth. Camp in front between Migdol and the sea. Tell the people, camp there. You shall camp in front of Bahal Zephon, opposite of them by the sea. So you have the sea. Picture. Can we picture it? We have the sea over here. This will be the sea. Is that cool? Moses is camping by the sea. Then there's a space. Israel is camping over here. They're near the sea, but they're not by the sea. Now, if you're thinking strategically, what does it look like? If you have an enemy coming this way from Egypt... You have the people here, a gap. You have Moses in the sea. What does that look like? That's what you call bait. You with me? It's bait. God has put the people there. Now, we don't like to think that way, do we? We don't want to think that God would use people to entrap an enemy, but he does. We got to accept it. If we accept it, we get the benefit of the victory from it. Amen? Amen? So he tells the people to camp over here, Moses camp over here. And he says, verse 3, For Pharaoh will say to the sons of Israel, They are wandering aimlessly in the land. The wilderness has shut them in. God knew Pharaoh had sent spies out after them. God knew that everybody would be knowing where the children of Israel were. So God uses this natural barrier where he's built a way out. He's built a path. And he sets the people some distance from it. So that when word gets back to Pharaoh, Pharaoh, his heart will harden. And he will say, I'm going to take them out once and for all. Okay? I'm paraphrasing slightly. Verse 4. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and he will chase after them, and I will be 
I will be honored through Pharaoh and all his army. And the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. This is why. This is why God set this up. Not to entrap the people, but to entrap the enemy. Because he's built a road that is strategic and beneficial. It is a way out of Egypt, yes. It is a way to the promised land, yes. But it's also destruction and death for their enemy. All right? Verse 8. So the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart. And he chased after the sons of Israel. As the sons of Israel were going out boldly. Boldly. Now this is interesting. This word boldly means with a high hand. And what it means, it speaks, with, it speaks to posture. It means that they were, all the time that Pharaoh had ever seen the children of Israel, they were bowed over. They were beat down. They were under whip and lash. They were carrying weight and burden. And I tell you, lots of believers live bowed over under the lash of their enemy. And this church has been bowed over long enough. Amen? Under the weight and the lash of what may or may not come. Amen? But instead, the children of Israel, when they were free, they stood upright. They stood up and they walked with their head held high. They walked out like people, not like property. Amen? They walked out like people with a promise and a, a potential in life, with a way that they were going. And they charged ahead and Pharaoh saw it and it got in him and he didn't like it. Can I just tell you, the enemy of your soul, when he sees you stand up in boldness as sons and daughters of God, it irks him. It gets in him. He hates it. He hates seeing you up out of the muck and the mire. He wants you neck deep in mess. Amen. But Jesus came so that we could come out of mess. Jesus came so that we could go to a promise, yes, but so we could walk out with our head held high. So that our burdens could be lifted. That's why Jesus said his yoke was easy and his burden was light. Because part of making you free is not just taking you out of where you were enslaved. But it's about standing you upright. Putting potential on you. Stability under your feet. And a direction in your path. That's what freedom is. Verse 10. I've got three and a half minutes. Verse 10. As Pharaoh approached... As Pharaoh approached, the sons of Israel looked, and behold, the Egyptians were coming after them. And they became very frightened. So the sons of Israel cried out to the Lord, and then they said to Moses, Is it because there were no graves in Egypt that you've taken us away to die in the wilderness? Why have you dealt with us this way, bringing us out of Egypt? Wow. These people are up and down. Roller coaster people. You know roller coaster people? It's exhausting, isn't it? Roller coaster people are exhausting. They, they got the world by the tail one day, and then they're in the gutter the next. I can't live like that. I can't handle that. Here they are. You've come. You've brought us out here to die. They were very frightened. And listen, I, I need you to understand something. The direction that God is calling us to, I, this is all the prelude to the path, okay? This is, I'm, I'm taking you step by step this month. The direction that God has for us to go might be scary because it's going to be different and it's not going to be obvious. Does that make sense? Why were they afraid? Because all they saw was Egyptians on one side, sea on the other. They didn't know there was a path there. So it's easy to get afraid when you can't see all the options. It's easy to get afraid. And to be fair, God did not tell all the people that he was using them as bait. He didn't tell them that. They were afraid. We say foolish things when we're afraid. 
when you're afraid, it's better to keep your mouth shut. Amen? But God was working something. There's temptation to doubt God and His motives when we're in this part of the journey. And I'm not above admitting that I have adamantly questioned God during this season. Amen? There's been plenty of times where I've said, God, what are you doing? Where are you at? What's happening? It's not getting any better. It's getting worse. But Moses said to the people in verse 13, Do not fear. Stand by and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will perform for you today. This is a huge right here. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, you will never see them again, ever. Church, I believe 110% in my heart, in my spirit, prophetically, that what the Lord is doing, the path that he's leading us down, the strategic, beneficial path that he is taking us down, that that path is not just to get us out of a rough time, but it is to ultimately wipe out the enemy that has oppressed and burdened and bound and attacked this house relentlessly for 30 years. Amen? I believe it's to break its back. I believe it's to drown it. I believe it's to end the onslaught. That's what I believe. I'm telling you, that's what's churning in me, that it's not just about taking us into a new format or a new focus. It's not just about that. It's that as we go, our enemy will follow, and he will be spoiled by what God wants to do. And I don't mean spoiled like you spoil your kids. I mean spoiled like robbed, blind by what God is doing. That's what it is. Remember, God is an avenger. Avenge me of mine adversary. And God avenged according to what they asked. So Moses reminded the people, he says to the people, these Egyptians that you've seen today, you will never see them again. Never again. And then verse 15, the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the sons of Israel to go forward. Church, this is where we are today. This is where we are today. We've been fighting a big enemy for a while. I'm tired of fighting it. Been fighting a big enemy for a while. But the Lord, the Lord has made a way out. And that way out is not just for our good, but it's also for the destruction of our adversary. It's to break the back of our enemy. Stay with me this morning. You received that word this morning? Will you be in prayer for the 11 as well, that it's received there? Huge. This is important. This is important. We need to understand that God's not going to leave us to flounder. Amen? He's not going to do that. That circumstances not dictate the mission and purpose of God. If we allow it to any longer, then we're going against what God wants us to do. Amen? Have you ever been in that situation where, in hindsight, the circumstance got too much of your energy and attention, and you realize that you, you made it worse? I've made it worse before because I've dwelled in it. I've dwelled on it in here, and I've made it worse. But the good news is God prepared a path. And that path is for our benefit, it's for our good, yes. But it is for the enemy's destruction. 
Our good, his bad. Amen? Church, he's going to rue the day he ever touched us. Amen? And that's not just in the kingdom when he's in the lake of fire and we're in the kingdom. Of course, yes, awesome. I'm talking about before we see that side. I believe he's going to rue the day he ever touched us. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Let's pray real quick and let's just receive it. Father, we receive this word today and we tell you, God, we are 100%. I hope you can say this, church. We are 100% in on the path that you have for us. God, we believe that this path is your path, God. And as you unfold the steps on the journey, as you unfold the place that we're going to, God, we ask you to give us the courage and the strength to keep on, God. If we got to walk into the sea, Lord, give us the courage to keep walking. And we thank you for it, Jesus. We trust you. We know that you are for us, and if you are for us, who can be against us? In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen, amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Thank you for listening today to the Living Godcast. We trust and pray that you are blessed by today's word. If you would like to contact us for prayer or for more information about Church of the Living God, please visit our Facebook page at WinCityCOLG or give us a call at 859-745-1865.